This show is part of the Darkmore Podcast Network. To join our community Discord or see more content from our members, visit darkmorepodcasts.com. My name is Zach, and I play a large-scale dream, a half-high-elf bladesinger wizard, member of the Weaver's Guild, and a special legionnaire of the Pandemonium. And this is Advantage. Last time in episode 2.7, the party, still broken from water torture, risked their lives to save two strangers. A pair of gnomes were chained against the cave wall, pinned by massive carrion crawlers to wagon-sized centipede-like beasts whose tentacles probed the air searching for flesh. Despite the odds of survival, our heroes managed to rescue the weary prisoners, in the process killing one of the monstrosities, finding an instant to escape and then leaving the other to cannibalize its kin. The whole party still runs blindly through the caverns of the Underdark, without weapons or any idea of who captured them. And that's where we'll pick up. You have to deliberately work to keep yourselves from naturally breaking into a sprint and control your movement. You have no weapons on you except for Grimton's Radiant Sword, and you're weak from the psychological torture and the encounter with the monsters who you now leave behind. The need for escape is clear. It's not long before you're out of earshot of the visceral sound of the Carrion Crawlers cannibalizing its partner and enter into a wider chamber that has been recently occupied, presumably by your still unidentified captors. Lit by a single torch, this room contains a diverse array of material waste which litters the floor in the middle of this room. In its center is the figure of a construct, a warforged body, question mark? Does body mean biological? Who knows? laying incapacitated on the ground. At first glance, there appear to be three other piles of things, uh, and another room is attached to the space, uh, which is separated by a cage door. In the other direction, you see an entrance into the looming darkness of more unknown. I mean, ultimately, we're, we're still trying to, like, escape, so I'm not going to, like, yeah. oh, let's stop here a whole lot. But I would like to, like, briefly kind of poke through the other piles and see... Just what's there. I'm going to examine the Warforged. Yeah, that's what I want to look at as well. Auric, I'll let you roll an investigation to uh, try to identify what the distinct piles are. Okay. (laughs) That'll be three, Joe. Okay, I'm just going to randomly roll for you and assign you a pile that you go to first. The pile that you run up to is a collection of what seem to be like weapons and armor pieces. This includes heavy brass plating, which is cast in the Warforge style, uh, which protect the inner pneumatic workings. And you also find personal weaponry, like yours. Oh, like my weapons are there? Hey! Yeah, I'm going to take Correct. those back. Hey, I, I found my weapons over here. I have a feeling this is our stuff, so we should go ahead and just, like, get our stuff back. I say getting my stuff back. I oh. run over there and also look for my stuff. Whatever I was looking at, I do not care anymore. 
I want to find my stuff. Grimton, I'm going to pull back over to you. Are you I'm going to assume that you're still occupied by the Warforged? Yes. Its heavy breastplate is removed, exposing a deep, warm, radiant glow within a violet quartz carved into a heart. Grimton, you immediately recognize this crystal as an amethyst, which, although considered semi-precious gem elsewhere on the cusp, is considered sacred in dwarven lore. I immediately try to reach in and, uh, I guess, take it out from the body or keep... Uh, yeah, give me give me an investigation check as you reach in to try to pull it out. Uh, 18 total. As you're pondering this crystal, you notice the amethyst heart is in some way fused to the plumbing, almost as if it were skin scarring over a wound. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is there a way from for me to still uh, take it out? Like, cut the pieces around it or something? If you pull it hard enough, you can tug it off. Alaris. Yes? What's your MO right now? Getting my stuff back. Okay, so you're over at the pile. I think you also notice that there's the adjacent room has a single torch in it as well, and you could see in uh, as you transfer from the Warforged over to uh, your wands and other various wizardly accoutrements. What's in the other room? Uh, you look over and see that it's like a living quarter of sorts, that there are four bedrolls alongside what can only be described as a pair of oversized scaly leather saddlebags oh but there's a cage door between you and it appears locked and it looks like it can be shut on either side of the door interesting i want to go explore that room a little bit more you try to turn the handle but find that it is locked (laughs) hmm what do you think about this room i say as i'm getting all my stuff i'm not really sure i care i just want to get out of here it looks like somebody lives there I don't know if I want to be there when they get back. Yeah, probably not. I mean, we could go in and snoop around, but like, I just, I don't, I don't want to stay long either. I mean, I don't, I can't, I'm not very good at picking locks, so it's fine. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess you can't do that too quietly. Have I successfully extracted this amethyst? Yes, you have. Uh, would you like to roll an arcana check? Yes. Or perhaps a religion mm, check. Let's see. That's a 17. You're able to identify that this magic inside this heart is a combination of radiant and necrotic energies. Mm. Uh, The energy within the heart controls the steam pneumatics uh, that give the warforged movement. And then the necrotic energies inside the heart control its sentience. There's great twisted sacrilege here. I don't know... That this is Grace Sunder stooping to levels I didn't know capable of him, but by Moradin and Bahamut, he shall be brought to justice. I think Herrick walks over now. He was over there outfitting his stuff, and he's like, wait, what did you find? I hold up the amethyst carved into the shape of a heart, and I show him this inside one of those. That's... that's definitely sacrilege. I would not have imagined this is what was giving them their power, the Warforged. 
Wait, so why do you think there even is a room that has all our weapons piled up and a dead Warforge? Maybe the Warforge was the one that was able to ambush us down here. I also wonder why it wasn't locked up. Well, that other part's locked up. Oh, but well, I see what you mean. that room is locked up. They could've just put it in there. I think our captors, uh... like this is just their dump spot and they didn't expect us to be able to escape. Um, but they did want to lock their own room just in case, and I don't think that they're necessarily friends with the Warforged. All of this tells me that we don't need to be here anymore if we can get out. How powerful are they if they just took out a Warforged, too? Uh, uh, everybody give me perception those, checks. Those things are no joke. Three, Joe. Twelve, Joe. In my blind rage, I got a five. Uh, nineteen total. Ulrich, I'm going to say that you are distracted as you look over and see uh, Waftrin and Kelby, your two gnome friends that you have just recently rescued from horrible jaws of death. Kelby is slumping now to the ground up against the wall. To remind you, Kelby is the one that has the missing arm and the missing fingers. Mm. Uh, and... Waftrin, who's still, who is able to, uh, like, tap into a second wind of adrenaline and get more mentally into the previous conflict, now you see that that adrenaline is beginning to wean as Waftrin is checking up on uh, his companion. Morlinde, you begin to hear the murmuring of new voices echoing down the tunnel. And you can't distinguish the tongue, but it seems to be uh, like both conversational and strained in tone. Uh, you can tell that these voices are advancing upon your current position. And right now you cannot see them in the darkness of the cave, but you don't know how long you have before they find you. Guys, I can hear somebody coming right now. <clears throat> what are we going to do? I'm not sure where they're coming from. Uh, get out? Getting out sounds good. Okay. Getting out toward them? Or, like, uh... are we going to set a trap? Ambush? Are we, do we need to hide? Uh, I like ambush because if these are the people uh, responsible for all this, they definitely need to answer for what they've done. I mean, we have our weapons back. Uh... Can I do a quick heal on, um, who, who has 7 HP? I do. I think we all are probably pretty hurt from the the water stuff. Like, I have 5. I don't know, Ulrich probably has some HP missing, like... I do. Um, uh, <laughs> hiding maybe sounds good? Uh, I'm gonna roll a stealth check. Yep, sounds good. Joe, is there places to hide in this room? Back down the tunnel toward the current crawlers. The carrying crawlers are still chained up. That's fine. <laughs> One of them's dead. One, One of them's, them's severely wounded. wounded. Eating the other. Yeah, let's go. Let's go back towards the carrying crawlers and see if we can dodge these guys completely. Well, okay. If we're talking about ambushing them, right? I, are we? I mean, potentially, right? Then why not just go straight towards them and get them ultimately by surprise by just rushing them? <clears throat> but here's the thing. Al says Herrick and I went back to our chambers and check to see if there was another way out and like this is it we're we would just be returning to a dead-end cul-de-sac oh okay. regardless i want to get these two indicating to our our two protective charges out of the way and behind us so i kind of usher them not super far down the hall but like to where they're not in direct line of sight and they are like we are between the oncoming attacker potential attackers and everybody the... give me perception checks except for Ulrich. 26 no, sorry, 24. 8, 10. 
Morlinda, you since you were the person that heard the uh, the first murmuring, you've been able to like keep track of how far away your enemies are. And at this point, they seem to be pretty much imminently upon you. You have now one action to form a plan or get in a position to engage. Guys, we need to hide now. Guys, all right, here's the plan. Here's the plan. I'm going to use my last second level spell to cast Rope Trick. So I touch a link of, length of rope that is up to 60 feet long. One of the rope rises into the air until the whole rope hangs perpendicular to the ground. Okay. At the upper end of the rope, an invisible entrance opens to an extra dimensional space that lasts until the spell ends. It can be reached by climbing to the top of the rope, and it can hold as many as eight medium or smaller creatures. So this is the bag of holding, but for people. Yeah. And what's the duration? One hour. You quickly reach into uh, your recently acquired bag of things and throw the end of the rope into the air. And you now have this opportunity to quickly and briefly communicate instruction to those who are able to climb. Guys, climb the rope. Roll initiative. Hey friends, it's Joe. Uh, Thanks for joining us for episode 2.8. We recorded this episode last Saturday and we're thrilled to get to hang out with our patrons um, before sitting down to play. We also had our friend Jazz join us. She plays Gashbers on The Misadventures, which is another show from the Darkmoor Podcast Network. Um, We would love for you to join us too, and you can do that by joining our Patreon. Even if you don't get to sit in on the live shows, folks in uh, at certain tiers will receive that raw audio track from the session. So it's basically as if you were sitting there at the table with us. You'll hear all of our goofs and laugh before they're edited down. Um, if you haven't seen the new digital storefront that we have through the website Tee Public, absolutely take a look. Right now, they've got a bunch of stuff with our logos and maps on it. Uh, and we're embracing potential to add more. So if you come up with a fun advantage themed design, email us a copy and it might end up on our shop with all credits going to you. Uh, I know that our friend Gavin is enjoying a coffee mug with our logo on it. Mark Harris got himself a sticker and our friend Callahan uh, got a shirt with a silhouetted map on the, of the cusp on it. And it is super cool. Uh, There's a link to that on our website, AdvantageDnd.com, where you'll find a bunch of regional world map details, uh, character profiles, and links to all of our social medias. Um, Also, come join the Darkmoor Podcast Network Discord channel and chat with the casts of How Friends Roll, The Misadventurers, Fun But Why, uh, and of course, Advantage. Uh, And if you've got access to it, we'd love your review on Apple Podcast app. Basically, every feed gets its statistics directly from iTunes, so leaving five stars there helps this show grow across all platforms. Um, Finally, I'm about to duck out, but before we get back to the show, uh, the cast and I accidentally recorded what is pretty much a prime ad slot for our friends at Dark Silver Forge. Uh, Enjoy. All right, on to that. Thank you. Um, guys, look, I bought new dice. Nice. Nice. Ooh. Just like really basic ones, but I just wanted some extras. They were 50 cents a piece, though. Oh, it's good to dope. have. That is dope. Yeah, because usually they're like stupid expensive. 
But the guy was like 50 cents a piece. And I was like, okay, I have to drag my friends in here now. Now, you know, you can get some really high quality dice from Dark Silver Forge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do have that money now. It's a cast zinc alloy. Yeah. Um, I am currently rocking the Cthulhu Gold <laughs> dice set. Me too. Um, I have I've, the Dragon uh, Steel. They're good heckin' die. Also, and you can get 10% off your entire uh, checkout. I believe they have a new color code. now, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to yeah, get the, the new. rainbow one. Well, they're good. They have the dark, the dark alpha metal ones are really cool, what? too. I think oh, I might yeah, get, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I might get Full those. Full on plugs. <laughs> Me looking um, it up right now. Yeah, the rainbow metal ones rainbows. are pretty cool. And you can get 10% off using the code ADVANTAGEDND, uh, no spaces, all caps. Oh, my God. The rainbow ones are amazing. Oh my god, and the rose gold. I'm so obsessed. <laughs> I agree. The the what is, what is it? Rogue? Yeah. Is that what it's called? What? It's so cool. Oh, rogue rose gold. Got it. Oh my god. This is definitely worth 25 bucks. For sure. I'd pay more, but You don't have to because you're you're going to use the code. I don't have to. Advantage D&D. &D. Oh my god. They're so cool. This can, I'll put these as my other graduation present to myself. I've got like four now I'm planning on when I graduate. Proud of you. Into the chamber walk four creatures, stout dwarves hunched over as if crawling through a small tunnel. Their pale skin and ashen appearance is as colorless as the drab of the cave walls. Together, the team carries a body lifted above their head, a heavy brass-plated figure of a warforged. And I'm going to roll a d20 to see if they notice you. They rolled a two, so they did not. Nice. They are occupied with their own conversations before realizing that there are other people in the hmm. room. That's not what I expected to see. I don't know if these are bad guys or not. <laughs> they have to be, right? Because like they are have to be the people that put us in those prisons. I mean, you have the context. We're in the room where our weapons were piled. I'm going to go ahead and um, just do a normal attack um, shooting at the first one because I'm angry and I'm assuming uh, Alric is making the assumption that, that these are the people responsible and they're angry about it. So they're going to go ahead and just shoot. So yeah, and, and my goal is actually not to focus both those attacks on the same person. I want to shoot at two people. I want to like hit them. Yeah. So here, here's the sure. first one I'm going to shoot at. 22. Um, I'm going to assume that you're going to hit the first person in line. Are, okay, that was my other question. Is this a single file line? Yes. There are four dwarves all carrying this one warforged above their heads. I'm not uh, marking them with Hunter's Mark. This is a, a warning shot. It'll just hurt. Five damage. I'm going to go ahead and fire at the second one then. Eight. 18. That does hit. Yes, 18, sorry. There we go. That guy's going to take eight damage. I imagine the scene as Alaris throwing up the rope and you realizing what's supposed to happen, grabbing Wafton and Kelby and then like motioning to put them up but seeing this team of dwarves enter the room and just like under the pressure of it, you react and you unleash these two arrows back to back. <laughs> 
they hit the two dwarves. I'm gonna cast grease. Nice. On the lube them up. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna cover the dwarves in grease and hope that they all fall down. They've Another got another cuddle puddle. They've got to make um, a successful de- um, dexterity saving throw, or they fall. Uh, and they're going to take that on disadvantage. They're also holding a warforged above their head. Uh, one fails. The, this one rolled a 20 and a 19, so that one's going to make it. Uh, I'm going to say that they're last in line. Third one fails. Fourth one crit failed. So uh, the first two um, numbers, one and two, had gotten hit by the arrows and are already trying to regain their composure and it's not aided by this sheet of grease that lays out in front of them they slip dropping the heavy brass warforged upon their head and that's going to deliver d10 crushing damage 10 and an 8 and another 10 joe did you say did you say the dwarves were like kind of gray looking and hunched over that's tickling the back of my mind but i don't remember what they're called i googled it (laughs) The Googles. Yeah, they are. <laughs> this is the Google clan. He, he, he told us about these when we started, or, or Grimton did, I think, right? Like like evils that are in, in the Underdark? Yep. Next in the initiative order is uh, the third Durgar in line. There we go, that's the word. <laughs> Thank you. Was not, you're welcome, uh, was not hit by the arrow, but nonetheless is currently crushed by the Warforged. The first three, those first three Durgar are currently prone and unable to get up without doing a strength saving throw against the weight of the Warforged. It's going to be Grimton's turn. You absolutely recognize these as great dwarfs. Okay. Realizing what like comes into the room, I immediately unsheath my Radiant Sword and I start mm-hmm. advancing on the only one that's left standing, speaking in Dwarven. Please. <laughs> Speak in Dwarven? I wish. I can say it in Spanish. Wait, wait, hold on. Yeah, yeah please. Say it in yes. Spanish. Dwarven is Spanish. Duergar serán limpiados por la luz de Bahamut. Can you translate that into common? Yes, please. Dwergar, you'll be cleansed by the light of Bahamut. I knew what he said. I knew what he said. I think I still have a point of inspiration, and I'm sure. going to use it to give myself advantage. And I'll be doing a pushing attack. He'll have to make a strength save. So first roll is a 25. Oh yeah, that hits. He'll take an extra d8 of damage and be pushed 15 feet if he fails a strength save. He rolled a 13 plus 2, a 15 versus your save. So 20 damage and he'll be pushed. 20 damage. Oh my gosh. What? (laughs) Strike it up, striker. As I'm advancing on him, it's almost as like a, a cool sense of like duty has just washed over Grimton. He'll put his amethyst away somewhere in one of his pockets, speaking in Dwarven as he advances, and he actually puts his shield back on his back and starts to, like, two-hand this Radiant Sword, brings it back and just kind of baseball swings, and as he's being pushed back, continues to, like, coolly advance towards him, like, weapon drawn. Making eye contact the entire way? The entire way. I imagine, like, the Radiant Sword on contact glowing brighter and, like, sparks. Oh, yeah, hey, the, and the, the sparks, like, follow your trail. Grimton, can you give me a uh, dexterity saving throw? Yes. <clears throat> it's a three, Joe? To break up the power and impact of your <laughs> locked eye and righteous fury, you also slip on the sheet of grease that Alaris <laughs> 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 I was hoping that would happen. <laughs> <laughs> and indeed, you fall on your ass prone. 
Like, wh- which I guess is supine. Mechanically speaking, you are prone. Watching him fall on the uh, grease, I definitely make a mental note to not do that. From where I am standing, at a safe distance, I'm going to throw some ice knives. Ice knife. Ice knife. Do I remember how to do it? No. So let's look it up. Take it in one hand, and you're like, you hold the blade, and then you like flick it with your wrist. Flick of the wrist. (laughs) Let me just roll the dice off of my laptop. Oh, that's not going to hit. Uh, a six plus stuff. Ten or eleven doesn't hit. All of the dwarves are prone as well. Oh, An attack okay. roll against the creature who is prone has advantage uh-huh. hey. if the attacker is within five feet oh, no. of the creature. Nope. Otherwise, your attack roll has disadvantage. So you would actually be rolling on disadvantage uh, and take the anything lower than your six. So we're just going to say you don't hit. I guess it makes sense because they're on the ground. Yep. Well, okay. and I, I'm imagining this like... You, you shot true, but the, like, Warforged is still on top of them, so it just, like, plinked off the Warforged's armor. It was like... It is going to be the first Durgar, who's underneath the Warforged, is going to expand, like, get large, <laughs> uh, and magically increase in size along with all of its armor and weaponry. Mechanically speaking, it is going to be size large. It's going Super Saiyan. The Duragar is, uh, now with this extra strength, is going to have advantage to get this Warforged off of it, and is going to roll a 19 as the higher roll, which will do it, and it's going to be able to move the Warforged body uh, in such a way that they're able to now stand up on their next action. Uh, it is going to be Herrick's turn. I guess he's going to swing up the nearest Durgar. Before we do this, I just want to make sure I have the right mental image. So they entered the room all the way in a single file line. We were sort of arrayed around the room. So Grimton now, after having baseball bats swung the last guy backward, is sort of kind of behind them. Like, we're sort of surrounding them. Yeah, that's accurate. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. I forgot what weapon Herrick uses. Uh, I think it's a Warhammer. Uh, <laughs> Herald a 20 to hit, or like cool. a nat 20. What's unfortunate is that he's also Uh-oh. entering the area where of the he must grease. succeed on a deck saving throw. Uh, I'll roll that saving throw. It was a 10, which is not going to do it. So he is on his ass, entering nice. the dwarven cuddle puddle with... <laughs> Your enemies. Does he succeed on his hit, or does he just fall? He's gonna fall because he had to enter the I see square to be able to hit. Well, I guess he's yeah, gonna try to get back up. On his next turn, it's gonna be Briston. He's about to do the same. Figured as much. He's just gonna run up and do his best. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm gonna roll the saving throw. That was a. 14, which, what's your spell saving throw? 13. Briston is able to maintain composure uh, as he advances onto one of these dwarves. He rolled a 19 total to hit. Cool. Nine damage. Upon which dwarf are you attacking? The one that just got extra large or the two others on the ground? Uh, He'll swing at the one that's still on the ground, I guess. Excellent. Uh, It's going to be Al's turn. Uh, Ariel will... uh turn to Alaris and say get rid of that grease and is gonna run in (laughs) Kukri readied. They're gonna, he's gonna ready it for when the grease disappears to attack specifically the first guy the big one. Next is Durgar 2 who Briston just walloped on the top of the head with uh, his family battle axe. It really really must have hurt. Uh, This Durgar is suddenly invisible. 
What? Like it vanishes and you can see where the warforged body is being moved by the Duragar as it struggles to uh, still get out from underneath it. But it is, the dwarf itself is invisible. Uh, Duragar 4, who's the one that uh, Grimton pushed back into the hallway, uh, is going to try to compose himself and also use its enlarge ability as it is on the ground. So it's going to pick itself up and expand. It's going to be Kelby's turn. Kelby being, uh, again, the one-armed friend. When we last left them, Mm -hmm. Kelby was still laying or, like, sitting up against the back wall, and they have not moved. Waftrin is wide-eyed and trying to pull Kelby up, trying to get him up but to no avail. Auric, it is your turn. Top of the round. When you say up, do you mean like up to standing or up the rope? Up to standing. Gotta get to standing before you can get up a rope. So Waftrin is also not up the rope. Correct. Seeing that the grease is still ever present, it's going to mark uh, with their hunter's mark uh, and loose an arrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nat 20. This one is is prone and therefore you have disadvantage. Oh, you're right. Dang it. I'm going to be really pissed if I totally miss this. Because that was a nat 20. It's an 18, so I still did a good. It's going to be well over okay. 20. Yeah, you, you hit him. Um, so I get to add a d6 to it because he's my hunter's mark. 10 damage. Tell me how... You kill him. Um, so this was like one of the first ones that I shot. Uh, yes. Actually, the first one I shot. I shot him before he fell, and he took that one in like the shoulder or the leg or something, like somewhere non-fatal. Mm-hmm. And then this time, right after he gets big and pushes the thing over, it just goes straight into his forehead. Like, now I have a clear shot. Uh, and he's just just dead. Alric also feels zero remorse for that. Yeah, I'll just I'll just spell the grease. Does that mean Alriel can now take his attack? Did he hold an action until I dispelled the grease? Yes. Then yeah. It, technically, it was for the first one, but now that the first one is dead, presumably it would be at the second one. Who's invisible? Invisible, but we can still see like generally where he is because he's still it's under the thing. It's gonna be a disadvantage. Okay, attack. I'll take I'll take disadvantage on that attack. Okay. Sure. Uh, 15. What did we decide all reels dex was? Like a plus three. Okay, so then it'll be 18. They rolled, I rolled 17 and 15. So it's 18 to hit. All real takes uh, one of its kukris and jams it where the dwarf ought to be. Mm-hmm. And indeed makes contact with something. And then the dwarf rematerializes out of invisibility, dead upon his kukri. Alaris, back to your turn. Hmm. So now there's only two left. Yep. The I'm gonna use Toll the Dead. I'm gonna point at a creature. I'm gonna point at the the one that Grimton dealt damage to, and he's just gonna hear the sound of really ominous bells. Like, ooh, like a church bell before a funeral. Nice. The bell tolls for you. Um, and he's gonna have to succeed on a Wisdom saving throw. That was an eleven. Is this psychic damage? And he's gonna take twelve necrotic damage. Necrotic. Ooh. 
you see the reaction on the dwarf's face as he hears the death toll. I feel like it's more like you you just hear like this really ominous scream come out like as it, like he like goes crazy and like just falls down and withers away. Collapses. Excellent. Okay, there's one left and it is his turn. The dwarf is going to attack Alril, who is uh, the closest enemy at this point. Was it? Is this when? Okay, you're saying it's got disadvantage because it's still under the thing. Correct. It rolled a four and a seven, <laughs> uh, so it will not hit. It is torn between trying to get up and then immediately um, avenging slash defending itself. Uh, Grimton, your turn. Am I still... I'm still prone, though. Like, can I get over to it this turn? Grimton, it's up to you how to flavor it, but I don't think that you have enough time here to stand up and also be able to attack. I'm just gonna say that he's gonna probably struggle, uh, to get up. You're an old dwarf. <laughs> yeah, tussle with, like, the the remains of this Warforged and get near the Durgar and just draw my blade at it i picture this uh as like a slow calm walk up to the durgar and then like stepping on it somewhere where do you step on it with your prosthetic left foot uh on its ankle very good morlinde alaris do you want to keep this guy alive for information yes all right then i'm just gonna uh take a step back What's either going to happen is I'm going to shoot something at it and completely miss, or I'm going to shoot something at it and kill it, and I don't really... Uh, Herrick and Briston, their turns are immediately following. <laughs> Herrick and Briston uh, approach the Duragar. Herrick says to you, what do you think of it? Because I vote we kill it now. I think it should atone for its sins against Dwarven kind and its fathers before it. Briston, whose turn immediately follows Herrick, is going to... <laughs> coup de gras this creature i don't know what that means that means it's defenseless because it's stuck under a thing and he's just gonna like kill it instantly Ulrich would like to ask um why not that i mind but why do you guys hate the gray dwarves so much the Dorgar. Once upon a time were dwarves, like any of us here, but their kind was subjected to slavery and torture over many, many centuries by mind flayers. Oof. As a result, it perverted who they are now, and it's turned them into the creatures that we have just slain. They're, they hunger relentlessly to impose that same pain upon anything they come across because of, admittedly, the Mind Flayers. Some may say that it's no fault of their own, but at any point, you have to atone for the sins you have caused, so. In, in Auric's mind, they immediately shift um, their now equal dislike to the Mind Flayers, um, yeah. kind of as in, like, a psychological mechanism to make themselves, uh, make themselves feel okay about, like, the the hate that they're kind of harboring toward anyone who like basically hurts people inexplicably does that make sense that they blame the mind players for the Durga. <laughs> and then using that as like a, a means to be like so i can't be blamed for when i do things like when earlier i hunted down the 
troglodyte, especially if it's in the name of good. It's all it's all the people who are doing terrible things fault. A sort of us versus them, us being oppressed and them being anyone who is oppressing. Aurel says, do you think that's it or do you think there are more? I, I would say given context clues of there, there only being four bed rolls in the locked up room, that's probably all of them. In this part, let's just get out before we find any more. I vote two things. Number one, we open up the locked room. And then number two, we GTFO. Sounds Here. good. This is one of the safest places we can get. If we can unlock that, that gate. Yeah, that's what, that's that was my thought exactly. We could was... lock ourselves in and go sleep. I guess if we take watches, it'd be okay. Well, it's a it's a it's a gate, so we could like re- like with the key reach out, lock it, and then come back inside and something would have to shoot through it. We still should take watch, but like we're gonna be pretty safe. Yeah. Yeah, and we can we can probably find the key on one of their bodies. That makes sense to me. I'm okay with that. But yeah, so like the 10-year reunion is going to be a great time. And I, I honestly miss a lot of the people I went to, to high school with. I'm curious to see what their lives are like now that a decade has passed. Only you. I, Do you think? I, I, no, I'm kind of looking I'm forward to it. stoked for my high school Yeah, it's going to be oh, super okay. interesting. Even Only the people you. I don't like, like I want to see, see what's happened to them in this 10 years. Because like my yeah. life has been an interesting one for the past 10 years, I think. I'm definitely, I've changed a lot, I've grown a lot, I've made a lot of mistakes, uh, I've learned a lot. You grew a beard. I, I grew a beard, oh man. Every now and yeah, again I look- Yeah, that beard looks good, dude. The, 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 I love side-by-sides of me when I graduated college versus me when I graduated high school. Uh, it's hilarious. My students have more than once referred to it as a glow-up. I think I sent it into the group <laughs> last time, did I not? Do you want to see it? It's pretty great. Anything that you uh, send to us, make sure to also put in the Discord. Yeah. Under ADV patrons only. This is part of their exclusive deal <laughs> to get to see all the like all stuff right. that we send. That's Hold funny. On. This is going to be great. Okay, now it won't be Can we quite... send them my ASMR files of eating toast? <laughs> Please. No. Sarah, you missed it a second Nothing ago. Nothing make them happier. I was, I was pouring tea uh, and like you got some ASMR of that. Okay. You would like to tug it off? Yes. Just give it a big old yank? Yep. <laughs> this, inside, one of those. That's... That's definitely sacrilege. Which is a hard thing to say in a Scottish accent. Yeah, it's definitely what? Sac- sacrilege. Sac- <laughs> that is... That there's sacrilege.
Dang, we have a lot of people in this combat line. Yeah, I was just thinking, there's a lot of people here. Uh, I cannot wait to unshackle you from your companions. <laughs> Honestly, like, my least favorite thing in the world is heroes traveling with people, with other people that aren't the heroes of the story. Right. Because it just gives you more work? It, well, y yes, it gives me more work, and it also, like, I don't want to have that tool to be able to explain my ideas sure yeah you'd rather uh, yeah, I, yeah I know exactly that's what our job about. hey speaking of uh weaponry and blades sarah do you still have that switchblade that i bought you uh yeah it's it's around here somewhere it's on one of my bookshelves that's one of the things that you should keep track of why you never know when the knife is going to get you <laughs> what the knife is keeping track of you sarah so you okay. should keep track of the knife. <laughs> that had the gotcha. same energy that the Duolingo memes have, like, recently. Yep. What? Yeah, the Duolingo memes are ridiculous. Have you seen those, Sarah? I don't think no, so. Oh, God, these about? are my favorite. It's, something has happened on the internet where Duolingo apparently has become really threatening. Not actually, people who just cited oh, it. Oh, like, sometimes, yeah, sometimes the sentences that are generated are really, like, menacing. Like, there was one Looks I like saw. you forgot your Spanish lessons now. You know what happens next. And then and then the next one was like somebody's like home alert system telling them that their back door was open and they were just right next to each other. And so like that's my favorite one. Um, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, because like it was unrelated, but like it made it look like the Duolingo bird was coming in. And so like this has that energy of just like, yeah, you better keep an eye on that blade. You know what time it is. Is it raining at Steven's house? Yes. I'm sorry. It's, it's also a, raining at my house. It's, it's about to, to be raining later. at mine. Oh my gosh, guys. Is it one big old storm? Actually, it, it is. The The south is getting swacked right now by a big storm, and it's going to all weekend. We got hit earlier, and I think we're going to get hit again. <laughs> what was that verb? Swacked? Swacked. Yes, yeah, swacked. That's a verb? Like, well, just, it, it's more of an automatopoeia. Yeah, like, if you swack something, like, yeah. <clears throat> I always imagine, like, getting hit with a piece of bamboo. Like, you hear the s and then the of getting swack. hit. Swack! Like, it's, it's an automatopoeia that I have verbed. It's a far-reaching smack. A swathing smack. Just the verb verbed is so much. Did that bother you? <laughs> I verbed it. Duty has just washed over Grimton. 